The following transmission contains unencrypted instances of explicit language. Mature audiences are cleared to proceed. Shall we begin? Robert Rodriguez is best known for his blood-soaked genre send-ups, but his first blockbuster was a PG-rated family adventure. It opened at number one in March of 2001 and spawned a kid-friendly franchise whose most recent incarnation is a Netflix animated series. I'm Todd. And I'm Dave, and we like to talk about spy movies. And I'm Lewis, and I just want to say, Stark, I hope they remember you. <laughs> That was from Infinity War, in case anybody didn't know that. We do have friend of the show, Yammering Lou, with us here today, uh, who apparently is under the false impression that we were here to talk about Infinity War, but in fact, we're going to talk about Spy Kids in this episode of Spies Like Us. None of us, none of us had seen this movie prior to preparing for this podcast. That's right. That's correct, isn't it? I mean, I might have seen like just a clip of it, probably just surfing through the channels over the years, but no, I never really watched it. I mean, I heard of it, of course. I'd always heard uh, people say, they would say it in a way like they would assume that you probably heard bad things about it or something. People would say, you know, it's actually not that bad of a movie. And so, you know, over the years, I'd hear that from time to time and I'd be like, hmm. And um, even from the very beginning of conceiving this spy movie podcast, I was like, yeah, and we'll do everything from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy to Spy Kids <laughs> and everything in between. Yeah. <laughs> there's something more famous that I mix it up with. What the? What, there's one with like a little girl that Harriet the Spy. That's what I'm thinking. Harriet the Spy. Oh, there you go. That's, that's more famous, right? That's more that did better than Spy Kids, I think. I think that's that's I think I mixed Spy Kids up with that movie. That's definitely on our list, so we're getting to Harriet the Spy at some point. <laughs> yeah, fine, fine with me. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I think I'd heard um, Spy Kids. I think Spy Kids might have been a bigger box office thingy. Um, yeah, and people talk about it more, especially like film buff. It's always like some kind of film buff talking about it. But yeah, uh, as far as Spy Kids, it was even to the point. Um, my my checkout grocer. Uh, at the store, uh, you know, it just came up in conversation, you know, that I was working on my podcast about spy movies and he instantly lit up and he said, oh, like spy kids. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK, like, I guess we, we are on the right track. But uh, I don't know. He seems like about the right age and right demographic for this movie to have landed with. Um, I mean, it's it's clearly a kids movie weirdly enough you know what though rotten tomatoes tells a weird, really weird story where audiences actually don't review this very highly at all well maybe i mean it's not the kids that are putting the reviews in on rotten tomatoes right? <laughs> but it's like it's like 95 percent fresh with critics and like 45 with audiences i never put too much stock in the audience reviews usually they're like overly high but the, i look at the top reviewers and then you can also look at just all of, all the reviewers together but i usually segregate it at the top reviewers because then you get otherwise you get like every person that has a blog like writing about the movie because especially I've, I've heard so many things like people are always talking about it with like you know sentiment like oh, i'm really glad i grew up with that movie or oh wow uh you know as a filmmaker i was surprised by spy kids and uh when you look, go back and look at the critics, they, they, they were not kind to it at all. <laughs> yeah, 2000, 2001 movie, uh, another surprise to me, like came completely out of left field, uh, set it, settling down for this movie, was that it w is a Robert Rodriguez film, which seemed entirely weird to me. And then my first thought was like, maybe this is one of those, like, do one for the studio and one for me. Like, I'll make your little your little studio spy kids movie and then give me my budget for sin city. Um, but Plus, you know, you're old when Michelle Trachtenberg is like 35. Now that's when, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty old. Yeah. It's Tra is Trachtenberg. Is that Harriet the spy? Yeah. She's 35 years old now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was 96. I mean, Zero Trip was not even that old, like, way, way back, but that was 96 when she was in spy kid. I mean, in the Harriet the spy. Sequel, sequel, sequel. <laughs> Harriet the Spy all grown up. Yeah. They got to call it that too. 
Like when but, they did Rugrats as teenagers, it was all grown up. Could be Harriet all grown up. But it's not it's not a one for the studio thing. This was his own like project from beginning to end. He wrote this thing. He wrote it and pitched it and directed it and, and did all the stuffs. Yeah, he did all kinds of stuff. It's definitely not tourist kids movie. In in case uh there's any uh kids movie or tourist film buffs out there. <laughs> what is what does that mean, tourist kids movie? A tourist. Oh, oh, oh. Robert Rodriguez is an auteur, wrote, directed, probably edited, did the score, did the casting. You know, it's the usual Rodriguez suspects as far as the cast goes. That's close enough to autistic. That means I can bring in Ben Affleck kicking ass in that accountant movie as an autistic (laughs) person. That was awesome. (laughs) That's one of the single best, like, scenes in a movie I've ever seen. Like, when he's, like, talking. Have you seen The Accountant? The accountant, yeah. no. Yeah, with Ben Affleck's like, autistic, and he's got he's like a autistic, but his dad trained him to, like to fight because he didn't, he knew he was going to get picked on all the time. So he's like an autistic guy that does accounting for like bad people. And he's like a sniper, and like he's a like sniper. so he's like super badass fighter. There's one where he's like he's got this huge gun, and he's like he sort of lives with these grandparents, right? Or not grandparents, these older people. He like he takes like he just visits them and kind of takes helps them out. And he's like, what are you doing with that? You can't shoot something from that far away. And he's got the faces, those five, like, to help autistic people. Like, they have these faces. Like, they have a happy face, this, to show the different faces. But he's got them, like, giant like, targets. The faces as targets, like, happy face. Sad. And he's like, bam! He just blows up one of them from, like, from, like almost, like, seeing, like, like, hundreds of yards away. And the guy's like, what the fuck? It's like. Wow. <laughs> it's, yeah, he, it's, yeah, he kicks a lot of ass in the movie. It's a good, it's a really good movie. Okay. Okay. Not what you think of in a movie called The Accountant. I mean, he's not. Yeah, he he knows his numbers because he's he's autistic. He's got numbers, freakish number skills, but he kicks ass. Back back to this one. Um, I mean, this very much seems like a movie that Robert Rodriguez made for his kids specifically. Oh, that's kind of sweet. I think so. He does. Uh, yeah. he later he later makes. Uh, you know this this is. I think that's borne out by the fact he later makes uh, Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Which are uh, like that is actually a story written by his nine-year-old son, and he made a movie out of it. Oh, really? Oh, that's kind of cool. So I, I, think I saw that on. I think I saw a minute or two of that just flipping through the channels one time. Right. It seems. It seems like. It seems like it's very much got the same DNA as Spy Kids. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I give. I mean, I give respect for a guy that uh, directs his his vision like specifically toward making his kids happy. Um, I did not. I really did not like the fact that George Lucas was letting his kids name the uh, characters in the prequels. That's how you get a. Oh, are you kidding? Oh yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? No. How, yeah, he just was letting his fucking six year olds like like give names to the characters. That's how you get Count Dooku and Dexter Jes- Jexter. <laughs> yeah, yeah count dooku is not that's that's just bad i don't know what that's really bad <laughs> also yoda i think a lot of people agree yoda flipping out in that movie just didn't it just didn't i don't know that 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 didn't work for me but just prefer to see right i didn't want to see yoda like just spazzing out that much but just it was too much maybe i had to build up to that just because before he just limps around all of a sudden he's like spazzing out jumping all over the place at the first moment i saw it I was a hundred percent on board and in love, but I think maybe I'd just been waiting too long in that movie to see something cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, in retrospect, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan, but I can understand like my friend explained it to me is like, I, I was like, how can he must've had no everybody? Yes. Men like telling him that he's, you know, not that that's why he screwed the prequels up. But then if you think about it, he didn't listen to people way back. People were telling him Star Wars was stupid. So I can understand why he didn't. This time, the people were right, though. He was he was fucking up those prequels. But but the people said the same thing about Star Wars, and he didn't listen to them then. Because nobody thought Star Wars was good. They, that's why they gave him the, the rights to all the toys. They didn't think it was going to do well. Yeah, right. oh, yeah. It's the, like, it's the major... It's, it's the major thing that changed everything. Yeah, but his uh, wife... We saved the film. It was apparently a disaster, and his wife was an editor and fixed it in editing, and then he divorced her. And then the studios had to hire a writer for Empire because. Yeah, know. I thought she. I mean, I don't know the full. I thought she left him, but I don't know. Does he? I, 
Oh, really? But, but I, I don't know the full. I thought that's what I thought, but maybe I don't have it right. I she all of a sudden had all that money. Like all that always screws up people's marriages a lot of times. And there's two regular people, and then all of a sudden she's got half of like billions of dollars. So she was probably like, "No, I'll just get some younger guy." To, yeah, this, right. guy's, this guy's kind of fat and he's kind of boring and he talks about playing with those figures too much I'm, he's i'm out of here i got half of that money yep <laughs> and then he raised but he raised the kids though so that's that's a little you know that's always more unusual when the guy is the one that's the prime so i don't know yeah so who knows what but that's why i heard yeah he that's why he took off those years i think he was raising the kids this is which is my impression i don't know are we still on george lucas about. or are we on rodriguez I think we're still on Lucas. We should be talking about Rodriguez. <laughs> I was looking over his filmography. I guess I do like him, but there's not really that much of his stuff that I've, you know, put on a list of things that I that I really really like. Um, Sin, I'm huge booster for Sin City. Yeah, uh, I think that's a masterpiece. And Predators was not directed by him, but he was the um, like it was his idea. And he wrote the first version of the script and produced it and and pulled for it. So I give him credit for that. And uh, you mean Predator, you like the one, the one with no, Arnold and no, no that, Pred- Predators, the one with um, Danny Glover. No, a more recent no, one. More, no. a more recent that's Predators. One. That's Predators Two or Predator Two. This right? is a more recent one, right? Where they're I think with like nobody that you know is in it anymore. It's like a total reboot. Well, it's got Danny Trejo in it. It's got Machete. And he was in Spy Kids, of course. Right. God, I'm blanking. Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody's the main character in that one. Uh, it's the one where, oh. like, it's the one where they're all kidnapped and taken to the planet of the Predators. It's, they, like, Adrian Brody is, like, Israeli special forces. Danny Trejo is, like, you know, a, a, a cartel hitman. Like, every everyone in the in the group is a predator in in some human way, you know? Yeah, one of the guys was a Yakuza guy, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, like, one of them, the one that, like, they kind of, like, you know, conveniently, like, forget to tell, like, what his backstory, he turns out, like, at the end, in the twist, like, he turns out to be, like, a Jeffrey Dahmer serial killer type. Like, he's gone through the whole movie just looking like this unassuming, like, just nerdy... You know, uh-huh. qu- quiet guy, but he right. turn, he turns out to be a total psycho. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I was not a big fan of that movie. Wow, but I loved it. For Rodriguez, I mean, like, you know, there's always the classic Dust Till Dawn, you know, Desperado, and then his, his part in, like, Four Rooms. Uh, the Faculty was out when I was in high school, so I really liked that. Um, you know, Planet Terror was cool, too. Um, I'm not really a big fan of like exploitation stuff, but you know, it was kind of fun to watch. He's uh, he's listed. He's has been um, shopping around, like possibly doing uh, a Barbarella film. Uh, he was going to be uh, involved in a certain version of a Red Sonia film. That's not happening. Um, oh, I guess, sorry. I guess there's new news that maybe a Red Sonia movie is back in the, in the works, but not a whole lot of details about it. Uh, he, dude, he's also announced like doing a live action remake of fire and ice and a new animated heavy metal. And like most, most recently that he would direct escape from New York, um, a remake. The, the, the thing is though, like Robert Rodriguez, there's even an entire wiki page, like devoted to all of his stuff that he started and didn't finish. It's, oh, really? it's a pretty big <laughs> list. So I don't think you ever really know if he's actually going to do any of these things until they actually show up. Oh, really? All I know is that they shouldn't be, ever be able to make another Escape from New York if Kurt Russell's not in it in some form. <laughs> yeah, you can you get him in, in, in a cameo, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Lewis, tell, tell us about Spy Kids. How, what, 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 what did you think of this film? Well, I was high when I when I listened to it. You know, I, I'm gonna I want to stop you right there and say, like, I was telling Dave, I was like, I can't decide if I should recommend that Lewis get high for this movie or like definitely recommend that he does not. What What do you make of your decision? Do you think it was the right move? Yeah, because I don't get that crazy, so it's not like maybe if I was really sensitive to like the the weird stuff happening, the movie would freak me out. But I, I've seen all that stuff before. 
flubies or whatever. It's all the same. <laughs> Chickens or big thumbs or you know, just minion, just generalized minions. So they they're just they're, they're less entertaining than the minions because they're just all thumbs. At least the minions have like each of them have like a personality, <laughs> right? <laughs> the minions the minion being guy who, didn't, he who, didn't really have much of a personality. The actual minion guy had much less of a personality than the minions. He's kind of boring. Although I did, you know, I didn't recognize him as the guy that's in Monk, and then I liked it. But that's not really the movie. That's just me liking him, like actor. That's actually about the minions from the Steve Carell movie. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, I'm jump, yeah, I'm jumping around a lot because and I always follow. Sometimes, actually, I don't follow where I'm jumping myself either. So I guess I shouldn't hold it against people not following me if I don't even follow me all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, the minions are better than the thumb thumbs. You heard it here first, folks. And the monk, you guys, you guys <laughs> Lewis know Hamilton's monk, right? hot take. <laughs> you guys know Monk, right? Classic show, yeah. Monk. This is my note on Tony Shalhoub is this is the first time I've ever – not been excited by Tony Shalhoub in a movie or a TV show. Like I it's, it's, there's something really weird to me and kind of depressing about watching someone as talented as Tony Shalhoub kind of phone it in. I, I didn't get excited about this guy. Was this before? This is probably when Monk was still going on to, he was in one of the, the oh, black, you know, the, whatever the something with Will Smith where they're. Yeah. He's in men in black. Uh, he was in that that show that was uh, set in an airport. Yeah, he was in Wings. Yeah, Wings, um, and uh, Galaxy Quest. He's fucking amazing in Galaxy Quest. Yeah, he has a crush on the on the weird on the that, that projects <laughs> herself as a hot woman, but actually, actually, like is actually one of like one of those giant slurby things. It's like looks more yeah, you know, one of those little alien looking squid things. That's what she actually was. But in Galaxy Quest, he was like. I don't know, asleep or something for the first transport. Like he missed a bunch of the exposition at the first part of the movie. So his, like the joke of his character is he doesn't actually get what's going on in the way that everyone else does. And no one thinks to explain it to him, which I thought was very, (laughs) very funny. And he played very well. Yeah. What else, what else you got on, on spy kids for us, Lewis? I don't know. It didn't feel, it didn't feel like very, I mean, I think I would, I would give it, I would say it's a okay enough movie, but I don't think it's very memorable. It just seemed like it just like I was telling Dave before, like it just seemed like they just threw stuff together. Like they're we, you know where they're gonna get. You got the insecure kind of strange kid that's gonna you know he's gonna like help out in the end. So that's like the formula. And then the whatever the Antonio Barris's brother is the same. Like, I don't want to look after my brother, and that's like totally like the sister brother dynamic. And then and they just throw all these little freaky things at them but they don't like stand that it just seemed like it just okay now it's time for another five frogs okay now it's time to throw some <laughs> gargoyles at them but with psychedelic gargoyles yeah that's it yeah that, that makes it cool they're psychedelic gargoyles and then they just i don't know it didn't i i i agree 100 percent that this movie just seems like ingredients like thrown into the stew with no real recipe um and, i think and, the actors did a you know a good enough job in general, so I, I think that was likable. But yeah, the, maybe we do, we're having problems with the like the the writer, maybe in the director. But I think the the performers were were pretty good. Like, I think some of the gags were cute. Like I, I mean, for a kids' film, I mean, you know, this is kind of what you can expect. And I think they had some cool moments for like kids. But I loved a lot of the gags, like how many times people ripped off their mustache. Like they totally ripped on the like spy trope where you just put on a mustache and you're a different person. Like, like Cheeps rips off his mustache and Tony Banderas puts on one and then rips it off. And yeah, I, I, a lot. Or like when uh, you know uh, Monk like took off his glasses to show that he was Mister Minion. Like he had changed. Like there was a lot of like, cute little gags like that that I really enjoyed. Why did he have such thick? But how is he able to? But he has like real thick glasses, though, right? And that, and then he just doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like his disguise. It makes him. It makes him look. There's something always about the, you know, those kind of glasses because they make your eyes look so big in your head that make you have this like disconnect between looking at like a, a baby face and an adult face at the same time. Is is what I think that effect is always causes in me. Plus, it reminds me of the guy from Dodgeball that has the moment where he where he like gets angry and went and wins the one match, like because that guy had some thick glasses too. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you suck something awful. The only chance you have is to get angry. It's like okay, 
I want to go again, also on the kitchen sink thing. I want to go specifically on this floop character <laughs> who is uh, like a cross between evil Willy Wonka and a 1960s Batman villain. Seems to me. That's a, that's a good description of floop. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got, he's got like, like nine different themes is my problem with him. There's, there's puzzle pieces, you know, like his windows and his floors. Like, oh, okay, this is a puzzle guy. Oh, but no, this is actually, it's a, it's a finger guy. He's got like chairs made of fingers and guy and people with thumbs for, for faces and limbs and stuff. But wait, no, 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 no. He's also like a, a weird yellow goop candy eating guy. Um, but no, I that's... think I got it backwards. If you think about, like, I can think of at least two movies where that actor plays like a sidekick, like where he plays like a sort of like a bad minion or like kind of a corrupt assistant. So I think they should have reversed. Tony Shalhoub should have been the main guy, and then his should have been the the minion talking about his ideas and all the time, and then the, the and then Tony Shalhoub would just be like, "Nah, that's stupid" or whatever. Because I think, <laughs> I don't think he's I don't think that actor can do be the he has to be the sidekick. He's a sub he's a sub villain in a Bond film. That being Goldeneye, Pierce Brosnan's first film. Uh, um, Alan Cummings is in, and uh, is he like an assistant to the bad guy or something? He's uh he's like a super genius hacker of some kind. And like his his big line uh, in in the movie that that got memed on a bit, and that people he says people still come up to him and say, "I am invincible." <laughs> he's like oh. a Russian. He's like a Russian hacker, and then he's in the oh, video. That yeah. was him. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, then, and then he's in the video game. Like when you shoot at him the first time in the video game, he runs away saying, "I am invincible." <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> also the head guy that seemed like an odd actor to play isn't that the guy from terminator 2 oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah robert patrick yeah i don't that seemed like a weird choice to play the the big like the big big bad guy but oh I no think. i thought no i thought he was perfect um and in a movie which um doesn't reference any actual spy agencies or or countries or anything um I think though, like Robert Patrick's character is very intentionally American. Whether also, that isn't, is, it, isn't it weird that like, you don't see? I've never seen a spy movie where you never see who's in charge. Like that, they're all just these spies, but you never see. Did you ever see like a head spy saying like, "Hey, you guys going to come?" Isn't it always just them t- talking to each other? You don't ever see like M or whoever is the head of. You don't even. They don't even m- mention the oh, name like of. In- the- yeah. You never see anybody. You never see any superior officers talking to them about like, "Hey, why don't you guys get back in here?" Or we're helping them out. All you see is other agents. You just see the one agent, really. But the but actually, you do have George Clooney as Devlin. He shows up at the end of the movie on the screen. But right. is he like their, is he like their boss? Yeah, he's the boss. Okay, and he's okay. the guy. He's the guy that. Uh, well, apparently, he's not. Mm, at the beginning of the movie, Gregorio gets. The message he tells his wife that he got a message from Devlin, um, which is George Clooney. Uh, but obviously, like they couldn't show us that because it was a faked message. So somehow they got they fooled him into thinking he got a message from Devlin. I'm not I'm not clear on that. Well, in the boat when when uh, the the when they're when they're headed out and they jump into the ocean with their car boat thing. That lady from the OSS, by the way, that's the organization they all worked for is the state, not to be confused with the office of strategic services. It's actually the organization of super spies. I'm so glad you clear. I'm so glad you clarified (laughs) that for me, Dave, because I was, I was massively confused by that. Also, what was that third brain doing all those years? They just dump it in a, like just dumped in the refrigerator. What what was going on with that third brain? It's kind of like a, it's like intelligent life and they just dump it for like, 10 years and they don't give well, a shit Gregorio about it. had to like hide it because he wasn't supposed to have it. It was supposed to have been destroyed. Um, but did they at least give it a nice apartment, like, like kick back, find some other brains for it to like some brain porn or something like they just, they just dump it in the refrigerator. <laughs> no, it's just hanging out by itself. That's funny. <laughs> Why is it? the th- Is it the third brain? Because it was, he was like the third one in the, in line and they killed the other two. Is that why they call it the third brain? Or is it? That's why I wasn't sure if it was like here's the third brain and he just didn't kill the number three brain. Is that why they? Or is it? There's some reason it's called the third brain. There's no reason that I know of except that it sounds kind of cool. 
I just thought maybe it was a third yeah. one. Like they, like you see them killing. Like there's a lineup of the brains, and they're like, okay, you got to kill him, and he saved his. And I thought maybe that was a third one. Or something. That, oh, that's the only thing like I come third, up with. It's like the third prototype or something. Yeah, because yeah. they were all working on something. The third brain lives. Yep, it does. <laughs> he did not hide it very well. It's ridiculously badly hidden. Yeah, I'm not a programming expert, but I don't think it's that easy to just be like, oh, just switch it to binary and then make them all good. Or with these. I don't know what, what was going on with that. That sounded kind of weird. but And like Floop just being a mad genius that could just solve it that quickly. Now everybody's good. But I mean, but he's not even like a good, he's not even a bad, like whenever, when does a mad genius like change their mind and go like, yeah, I don't think I want to do the take over the world with those things that I've been building for years. He's just like, nah, I don't want to do that. He wasn't really the one behind it. It was mainly Minion's idea, and he actually didn't like doing it. It was just kind of suggested to him or something. The backstory of this movie is a, a total mess. You know, you know that at this point, like, yeah, Minion has wormed his way deep into Floop's operation, and is basically like fooling Floop into thinking that these are his ideas. And somehow, like, I don't know, like, did Floop ever actually have an ambition to um, create this army of super agents? It's it's not clear. Did that happen before or after Minion showed up? Um, what what was the what were they thinking uh, making these flugies? Yeah, right. <laughs> and trying to sell them to I Robert think he just Patrick. wanted to he wanted to like do cool stuff, but he had to do something to make money. So I think that was the thing they were gonna make money on, selling the the army to that to Robert Patrick. That's what like what I got from it. Like where does this like, money oh. come from? Usually in these kind of movies, like, you know, when you have the, the character that is like the super well, second rate second best rated children's te- television show, which actually right. I thought was kind of a tiny little joke that I appreciated yeah, um, <laughs> is that that's where they get their money from. But I could also see that, you know, maybe Floop was just this like eccentric billionaire or trillionaire or something. And and just decided to start his own show for funsies. He, he's got some weird shit. I like, I, I think in a smarter version of the movie at the end, you would have found out that like his, his show isn't well, no, Maybe his show isn't actually being broadcast to anybody. And then I thought, mate, let, at one point they make it like it's the kid's imagination. Is it? Is it even really a show? Because he's like, I man, doesn't the kid go like, I came up with that idea for this and that. He's the kid's got like the doll, or is it? But it sounds like he almost like was organ was affecting the show in some way. And then they're they're to make the flugies, they're abducting OSS agents, which is right. not which is not explained. Like, was that? Which is the cart and which is the horse here? Did they first decide like, oh, we'll uh, we'll kidnap secret agents, turn them into mutants, and then sell the mutants to the to the Americans, or was it that their operation was starting to be investigated and it was the agents that came like you know one by one snooping around investigating that they were like ah well we'll have to melt this guy's brain plus, or something plus what goes on control. with that third what, what was going on with that third brain they didn't ever explain how does it suddenly put brains in all those kids they don't they don't really you just how does it yeah it was like a super ai that had been developed to like m- match like a human's brain levels but how does it make oh, all no, those better. brains? It's better. It... No, it's better than that. The brain, the third brain, has like all the knowledge of all the spies, like programmed into it. They're not making brains for theirs. Uploading its knowledge into all those different kids because I don't, I don't know how how it what, what was it going on. That's supposedly me. the idea, but I'll tell you this: that third brain thing doesn't seem to make the kids any smarter. No, nope. they don't seem <laughs> any bit. Uh, is smarter once the, they get the brains installed. Yeah, they don't really them. need to be smart because they're like strong robots. So they just use brute force. They yeah, they didn't. They don't really use their smarts. They, right? they just kind of like they were making uh, robot clones of like government officials' children so that they could use them as spies uh, of government officials. But the problem is they couldn't talk. So the idea was getting the third brain so that they could talk. I guess. But that but that doesn't seem to have worked. Right, because they don't talk. <laughs> I got another complaint about the kids, the, about the this robot kid plan. Um, they have 
okay, first of all, they don't seem to be any smarter. They're not they're not fooling anybody. Uh, every once in a while, their eyes just go, bzzz, uh, you know, which is going to put you off. And the last thing is they, they creak and make fucking robot mo- noises when they move. Like, this is not, this, this is not, you know, I'm not going to be the State Department head. My daughter shows up and she's walking around going, <laughs> right? Her eyes flash and she's like, hello, father. You know, smashes <laughs> smashes what, my desk into, and I'm Aykroyd like, did. "Oh, that's all right, honey. Just go that's, outside and play." That's the kind of slapdash thing that the Dan Aykroyd Chevy Chase people would put together if they said, "Build us a, a smart kid," and that because they were jackasses, so they would build something like that. It's not a good spy movie. We can agree on that, can't we? Yes, I will say that's it's not good. a good spy movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say it's a. I would say it's okay for kids. I mean, it's probably okay movie for kids. I would probably like it. I like the mustache gag. I'm still sticking behind that one. Also, uh, I don't know for for next week uh, when we talk about our best and worst. Uh, when Gregorio was working on the Third Brain project and he didn't want to destroy it, he pulls out a walnut to to destroy the walnut to make it look like he destroyed the Third Brain so that he could hide it. I thought that was kind of cute. I didn't was, catch. I didn't catch that it was a walnut, but okay, yes, yeah. you got you got me there. That's that's a good one. That's a good example of a subtle joke. That, that actually made my number three best tradecraft. Oh, I gotta hide this. Oh, I can't destroy it. Let me try and like sneak it out. I know. I'm gonna just take a walnut out of my pocket that I have for some reason and break it so that they think I broke the brain. <laughs> I, I, it's not as funny hearing me talk about it, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Alan Cummings is not the only uh, person in this movie that has a, a Bond pedigree. Uh, Terry Hatcher is a, is a former Bond girl from another Pierce Brosnan joint, Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, she was like the Bond girl? She was, yeah, the Bond girl. When you're casting for spy movie parodies, like sometimes you you look for people that uh, maybe just, you know, so that adults, I mean, we're all adults. None of us caught these things. (laughs) I only noticed them from Wiki, but so that adults will see the character and say like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Bond movie. (laughs) In in 2001, Terry Hatcher was a bigger, a bigger star. So you would have, you would have more likely known who she was then what do you what do you remember her from she was in that movie two days in the valley because she does just it's a memorable thing where she just kind of passes out in the street i think because she's like bleeding or something if you remember that movie and she's just she's like in a lot of movies where i think she was in um soap dish and she was she's been in a bunch of she even played character on two and a half men wasn't she in the the wives you know the uh, one with desperate housewives i think she was in not the reality show, the actual show. There was a show called Desperate Housewives maybe 10 or more years ago. She was in that. That's probably where maybe she'd be best known for recently. So now, Lewis, I'm going to blow your mind now. Do you realize that the, the the Danny Trejo character in here is actually like the machete from the machete movies? That that the machete movies are literally a spinoff from Spy Kids? For, for, for real? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. His name, his name is Machete. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not a direct spinoff, but that's hilarious. I didn't even think about that. I like he's to got a good that taco. He's got a like a good taco restaurant in L.A. I heard that scene before. That suppose he does pretty well. Now I just think of him as Car Shield because he's doing those cars. Isn't he doing those cars? No, no, that's not. I'm mixing up with Ice T. Ice T's doing the Car Shield commercials. That that's a totally different. How person. did you mix up Ice T with uh, Danny Trejo? Well, they're both kind of like that badass kind of dudes. His uh, biography is named like Prisoner Number Eleven because, well, yeah. Go ahead, you you can figure prison. it out. He was in prison. Um, yeah, I believe he was for one thing. Don't super quote me on this, but um, there's a guy in Reservoir Dogs. It's it's the one guy in the in the crew that you don't that you've never seen before and you've never seen after, right? He's an older guy with like white hair. Oh, Mr. Blue. Mr. Something bunker. Okay, yeah, Mr. Blue. I think Mr. Blue, uh, who who was he was um yeah, he was an actual like hardened criminal that did time and uh ended up started writing while he was in prison. And I think the story goes, I think he's the one that ran into Danny Trejo 
in in prison and was like, dude, you should be an actor when you get out. Yeah, I heard that's why he was able to get gigs because one, he was huge and like cut and stuff, but that he actually was like a career criminal and could bring like a bunch of expertise on a set or something. <laughs> but no, the reason uh, Danny's biography is named uh, like prisoner number nine or whatever is like as a nod to like how many movies that he played uh, an unnamed convict. He was in like 16 or 17 movies where it, like in the credits, it's just like Danny Trejo, prisoner, prisoner number three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's prisoner like that, that was, uh, that's always Hector. His entire IMDb, he plays just a side gangster guy named Hector. Who's that? I don't remember the actor's name, but uh, he's like probably the most famous background actor because that's all he does. And his entire IMDb, the name of his character is Hector, but he never has any lines. He's just like some like cholo gangster in the background. And like all of his credits are just this guy named Hector. <laughs> what do you say? What do you say, Lewis? You want to come in, come into the briefing room with us and uh, and hang out with us while we break down the tradecraft of this film? Okay. Unless we had anything else to say about the movie in general. Uh, I, I mean, I know you guys kind of didn't like it, but I enjoyed it. I mean... Just watching it as a kid's film, I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, like, yeah, there's a lot of inconsistencies, but, you know, it's got your typical colors all over the place. Other than I, I agree with your sentiment, Todd. I think when I was watching it, you saw the CGI and you were like, what the hell is this? Uh, uh, I didn't think we got to talk too much about the CGI, but I mean, I thought it, it was fun. You know, it, it had the the basic theme of family and like, you know, the intrigue of like the spy parents or whatever. And then they go on an interesting adventure. They have this weird, evil Willy Wonka guy that turns into a good guy. I don't know. I had fun. It was fun for me. I give it a mild like. I didn't dislike it. I just, I'll give it a mild, yeah. mild like. As far yeah. as the CG goes, that was mainly because I walked in on the movie basically pretty much like it was the sharks. It was the sharks that really like threw me off CG guys. <laughs> Other than that, I I didn't think the C for what it is the CGI it's not it's not awful, right right. <laughs> but yeah no I mean I I had fun with it it was nice and the cameos were cool, but other than that yeah. But yeah, yeah the sister had the cool. diaper, but he was the one who peed his pants and woke up the sharks. Not her. <laughs> that's that's true. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and that came out of nowhere too. That, uh, you know, she's just making fun of him. And, like, his one card that he plays is that she wears diapers. That's an odd one. Yeah. Well, I guess it explains why she's so mean to him, I guess. Someone to pick on? I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I feel like there's no excuse when you're the writer and the director for, for there to be so many uh, threads on the sweater that are just dangling loose. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right. Briefing room time. Let's tradecraft this thing up. Let's do it. Retinal scan complete. Validating security clearance. Clearance granted. You may now enter the briefing room. So what level what level in, in like a spy agency would a flu burr be? Is that like is that like a entry level? Is that like a higher level? <laughs> <laughs> you mean what what security clearance would you give a Fugly? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you trust him with anything. You can't really put him undercover. Those things can't go undercover. No, but they also can't tell any secrets, right? Yeah, right. unless you figure out that one stupid thing that they're they're speaking backwards, which is also not explained. Yeah, at all. And you can freak people out with those thumbs if you want to try to get people to spill the beans. We did go over the plot, like like the evil villainous plot, and how much sense it doesn't make. Let's just get a minus five points buzzer on that. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Uh Dave, you you mentioned you liked your best tradecraft number 3 plus spy points for smashing a walnut. Uh yep. <laughs> I think you I think you're fucking with me, but that's okay. Smiley is suspicious, Percy. On a movie I think like it's just so funny. It just cracked me up and I had to put it in there. All right. It was, it's just like, how do you even think about that? You have this high tech, like AI brain 
And and oh, Robert Rodriguez just thinks, eh, it kind of looks like a walnut. So so here you have this like top notch international world spy and how he's gonna sneak, you know, to prevent from destroying and how he's gonna sneak out the third brain is just pulling a walnut that he just happens to have in his pocket and smash that with a hammer. It's it's the best. I how do you even think about that? Why I mean, were they getting rid of it? Because it was too they thought it was too dangerous what they were uncovering. Yeah, they thought it was going to be too dangerous, but he loved the project so much he he couldn't bring himself to destroying it. So his solution was taking out the walnut that he just happened to have in his pocket to pretend like he was destroying the brain. I I know this is a sarcastic number three, but I I just think it was hilarious. As long as you acknowledge (laughs) that, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, uh, so that's kind of like, I guess, the flashback is – uh, there's all these big OSS spies, which, you know, like we explained, uh, OSS, not to be confused with the Office of Strategic Services, it's the organization of super spies, was apparently developing an AI brain to make spying less dangerous, you know, like the concept of using drones these days in the military. So you don't have people on the on the on the boots on the ground that could get killed. They wanted to use the brain to take all the knowledge of all the spies of the past so that they could use robot spies instead of people spies. And that's what they were working on. And and he couldn't bring himself to destroy it. But I, and, and b- both the parents were working for the OSS as spies and somehow they were both hired to kill each other by the organization that they worked. F- that's just another thread. But anyway, that that's the premise of what's going on here is we have these two uh, world-class spies that are hired to kill each other working for the organization. I don't, I don't know. Also, they were, I think I just thought it was interesting. They were touching on the different, like how there's different, like even they, like they were spies, but they had secrets amongst each other. And then the kids sort of had secrets. Like everybody was sort of not totally like on the up and up. Everybody had like their secrets. So I thought that was sort of like also a spy rope. Another another theme that I just thought was yeah. hideously underexplored, and that at the end when they say like, "Okay, no more secrets," I'm like, "Okay, I like where you got. I just don't think you deserve to get there." With no, what you did. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> it was the adventure that made them realize they should be honest, even though there was no dealing with the honesty whatsoever. <laughs> they get the parent. They get the parents out of the way pretty fast in this movie. Uh, surprisingly fast I thought Um, Devlin apparently so uh, somehow like Devlin is said to be the one that contacted Gregorio Uh, I I guess I believe it wasn't Devlin that somehow the villains faked that uh, which I don't want to give I don't want to give plus spy points for the villains. I want to maybe give more minus spy points for Gregorio for falling for it. Um, But they do along the way, as the parents are heading off to, to, you know, wherever the signal is, has sent them. And I guess the idea, well, the idea is you, you give them the actual location of the, well, you give them some location to send them to so you can capture them and take them to your fortress. Uh, but along the way, they do get uh, Terry Hatcher on the screen, like kind of filling them in a little more about the details. And so I think I give that, uh, that is my, what, my number two best tradecraft in plus five points is that uh, there is a familiar face to Gregorio that's uh, leading him down the garden path. Yeah, I, that was kind of interesting. Like how, I guess she had been working for Lisp the whole time. And because she had worked for OSS and was able to demonstrate. So she, I guess, was a double agent is what we would call it. Because she was officially OSS, but she was working for Lisp the whole time, who was working with Floop. No, I think she's Minion's girlfriend. Or wait, she's somebody's girlfriend. I think oh, she is. Yeah, yeah. They kind of flirt with each other. She's on Team Minion. Yeah. Who, who, who is? <laughs> Terry Hatcher. Oh, Terry Hatcher. With her fried, yeah. fried ass hair. Yep. <laughs> what was that from the jetpack? Yeah, that was from the jetpack in the fight scene at the at the at the safe house. Right. <laughs> um of course, once they get a hold of the 
parents. Um, they tie them, they tie them up in a chair and just leave them alone. Uh, which is minus spy points. You need to have someone guarding world class spies. You know that's that's super villain no nos like like page one. Uh, Absolutely. They should <laughs> they should have been uh, separated so they couldn't talk to each other or interact with each other. Uh, instead, what Floop does, he literally just waits for them to escape, just so he can like you know pull out a little stopwatch or whatever and say oh 15 minutes i thought i thought you were better than that and then just <laughs> recapture him which has no purpose at all and then right. you know he can he can hint about his plans in front of carmen and then after recapturing them uh they still don't guard them and they still don't interrogate them that's minus spy points and my number two worst tradecraft is just the fact that once they have gregorio they don't do anything with him of course, soon enough, they, they kind of don't have use for him anymore because they get a whole or they, they know that the, they find out that the third brain is out there and in play. Right. And they can like take care of it. And that's why they turned him into a flugel or something. I still don't know why they do that. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why they turn uh, a Cheech into a flugel. you know, except as a threat. It seems like you, you, you'd much rather interrogate these people. You know, these people know stuff that, that you want to know. Absolutely. Minus spy points. I didn't understand. Definitely big minus spy points. <laughs> so what's the top spy points? Uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, yeah. So safe house, safe house. So, okay, so you got the parents. You're not going to do anything with them, whatever. You send your uh, thumb thumbs to the house to, I guess, look for the third brain. And then when you don't find it there, you go to the safe house, which Terry Hatcher had a key to. So clearly she knew it existed in the first place. This raises the question, why didn't you just go and check the safe house in the first place? Right. <laughs> where, where also, minus spy points, you would have found the, the, the third brain to be very, very easy to find. All you do is what, like flip over their, the picture of the of the wedding uh-huh you just knock that down and pick it up again and then boom there's your third brain boom right not very well hidden at all just Junie that accidentally found it because they put the picture down and then he picked it back up i guess i don't know but uh one thing i did want to point out at the safe house scene was uh when terry hatcher first meets the kids she's she's pretending well she's she's putting up hey i'm oss i worked with your parents don't worry i'm a friend you can trust me then she tells the kids gregorio's last message is literally just the word floop and and junie figures that out because he watches floops like tv show but then she goes and tells the kids everything about floop how he's like evil and he's taking spies and turning them into fugles and that the Fugles speak backwards and they're talking about how they hate their life now. And she goes and explains everything to these kids when she's pretending to be on their side, but gives out uh, all of the information about Floop when she's working with Minion and Floop at that point. You know, they hadn't, I guess, undermined Floop yet. And so I don't know why she's giving this information to the kids. So I, I made this my number one worst tradecraft. Uh, I don't. I don't think there was any reason for her to do that, and she just handed, and, you know. And when we when we analyze like tradecraft and spy films, information is 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 gold. You know, that's the currency of the spy uh, community, right? You know, they're exchanging information. That's 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 what has value. And she's literally just handing like the family jewels to these kids, who are obviously the protagonists in their own film. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I had that one too as as minus five points. Didn't make my list of of worst. Also, don't you want to have a? Don't you want to have this a safe house that only you know about in case in case like your own agency is like in case you go rogue or something or just in case just because it's less it's more secure. So that that isn't that a minus five points like having your your safe house be known by the other agents, right? Or at least by somebody, but other than you. Well, I mean, clearly they trusted Felix to know about it. So mm -hmm. 
who knows who else they they also was in their circle of trust. Terry Hatcher might have been within that circle of trust. Is this one of the cases where they could re- replace Cheech with Chong, or would Chong have not have pulled that that character off? I don't think he could have. I think he would have been too high. I think I think it would have been a funnier. I think it would have been a funnier choice <laughs> with Chong. <laughs> yeah, he's like the more. I always get the impression that he's the guy that's way more into weed than Cheech. I mean, is, oh, that, yeah. is that true? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, he has oh, his yeah. own. I think he has his own strain of it, and like I think he really makes. He's really like taking that, especially in today's legal weed. Like I think he's really jumped on that. Yeah, I think bandwagon. I think uh, Cheech Marin has has actively worked to separate himself from that situation right but i don't think he ever will doesn't matter how many things he's in he's always like you're gonna always think of cheech and chong first i think maybe maybe not the kids today because that's before there but anybody our age you'll think of that yeah there'll be there'll be somebody that grew up watching him with in that don johnson tv show or something and right (laughs) and just and it's just kind of vaguely aware that he was in some weird and I never old, even saw I don't even think, comedies are are they even in that many movies is, or is it just like one character scene that just that just became like iconic I don't even I don't even think I remember seeing them in movies together that much and I guess they did that one movie right or maybe they did they probably did more than one movie but. oh they did they did a bunch um I want to say it matter it's just like do you I want to say at least that? three and maybe as many as five. I don't think you have to see any of the movies to appreciate just those two stoner characters. It doesn't even matter. It's like, yeah, I've only it, ever seen scenes from the movie. I've never sat down and, and, and watched any of the Cheech and Chong's like from beginning to end. Fun fact, it's uh, Stripes. Stripes was originally written as a Cheech and Chong, <clears throat> Cheech and Chong go into the military. Uh, no way. Yeah. We talked about been a this. very different film. <laughs> very different film. I want to see that one. That's the yeah, one I would want to see. They would have gotten high, right? They would have gotten high and be like trying to do their maneuvers high and everything. Right. Yeah, it could have been it could have been comedy gold. I I forget I might have known at one point why that fell apart. But uh but yeah, was originally Bill Murray was on him. Conan. I was watching I don't know if it was a new Conan. I know it was a new one. I saw Bill Murray was on Conan last night. I guess he's because he's got a movie out. And I think the other guy passed away, right? Didn't Harold Ramis? Oh yeah, he's passed gone. Away? He's yeah, he's gone. He's been gone for a while, yeah. We're gonna end uh, part one of our Spikeheads episode here. Um, to be totally fair, it's not that much of an actual spy movie, but we are committed on this show to covering all spy movies, not just the best ones. And I, for one, am having a lot of fun hanging out with Lou and Dave on this one. Um, Plot-wise, we haven't made a lot of headway, but we have gotten all the pieces on the board, and we do have all the characters introduced. This is the point in the film where Carmen and Junie have found out that their parents are spies and that they need help. And next week, we'll follow along uh, along their adventure to accomplish that. As always, the best way to make sure you don't miss out on that is to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Google, your favorite podcast app. Also, you can find updates on on our Facebook page or website, spieslikeus.net. And please, if you can help us out and give us some feedback, we're always trying to improve the show and your thoughts would be a big help. The preceding transmission sampled the songs Ice Cold by Audio Nautics, Enter the Party by Kevin McLeod, and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net. Editing by Todd Hostetler. <laughs>